Hello, everyone, and you are listening to Aussie Politics with Alex. Um, I know I've missed a week of uploading, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, just as an excuse for all of my avid listeners, um, I'm a full-time student, and I've had a couple of assessment tasks to do. And unfortunately, I just didn't have time last weekend to record a podcast, and I finished a bunch of it this morning. So um, I've actually had to record something for my geography assessment, so maybe that's my, why my voice sounds a bit husky. But it's not COVID. <laughs> so... For those of you who missed me, thanks very much, and I'm sorry that this episode's coming a bit late, because I have missed a huge week of politics and news. Now, before I get started on the politics, I really like video games, and there was a really interesting story this week about what happened between um, Fortnite and Apple. So, in a nutshell, what happened was, Fortnite, um, Epic Games, uh, I should say, rather, who are the company that owns Fortnite, um, they did this thing on their game where... If you bought directly through their website, you would actually get a 20% uh, 20% discount. Since Apple takes a 30% cut of all in-app purchases on the App Store and if you use their payment methods, um, this is actually a 10% profit for Epic. But Epic did this anyway, knowing that Apple would probably retaliate. And Apple actually removed Fortnite, um, the massively popular game, from their App Store. And now um, Epic is in a legal battle with Apple, um, with Apple in the US, and they launched a funny... Um, spoof of one of Apple's old ads, which I thought was really interesting, because they were clearly prepared for this to happen. Um, but the new season of Fortnite's coming in a, in a couple of weeks, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not this gets resolved in time for the new season of Fortnite. Um, now, if we move on to the politics. So, another reason why I thought I'd hold off one extra day to record this is because the Northern Territory election happened yesterday, and I thought we'd have a conclusive result by now. Um... I haven't checked, actually, recently, but if um, you'll just bear with me. You can just hear me typing there. <laughs> um, the last time I checked, it was 11 seats anyway, but if I just go on to the ABC News. So, yeah, um, after this counting, so it's if we check ABC News, um, with 63.4% of the vote counted, Labour is looking on 11 seats in a 25-seat chamber, meaning the majority number is 13. There are nine seats in doubt, and so far, according to the ABC... Um, the country Liberal Party, the um, extension of the National Party in the Northern Territory, I should say, is on three seats, and there are two, like others, independents, and I don't think the Greens will win any seats, it's looking like. But yeah, after the absolute wipeout of the country Liberals at the last election, it, it seems there'll be a bit of a stronger um, type opposition, and Labour will... Pr- uh, they may form a majority government, they're looking to get about 11 or 12 seats, and they might get 13. And interestingly, the newcomers, the Territory Alliance... Their leader actually lost his seat of Fong Lim. Um, I believe his name's Terry Mills, who was a former uh, chief minister of the Northern Territory. And he's actually lost his seat, which has left the Northern Territory, um, the Territory Alliance, it looks like, with no representation in the Legislative Assembly, in the unicameral, uh, their um, legislative body. Which is really interesting that their third party option, which was really trying to be an alternative to the um, two-party system, failed to gain much representation and traction. Um, also happening recently is that uh, Bill Clinton had named his um, his vice presidential pick, which I think no one uh, didn't see coming. That's a double negative, sorry. I think everyone saw it coming. Uh, that it would be Kamala Harris, which we, um, yeah. So the Democratic National Convention wrapped up about, I think, yesterday. And, it, and now that means he's the official nominee, which means that the campaigns will really step up now. It was an entirely virtual event, which was really interesting, and with none of the delegates I- attending except the Wisconsin delegates, so um, due to COVID regulations. And I think the Republican National Convention is also next week, so it'll be interesting to see what Donald Trump does with 
uh, that considering that he cancelled his previous uh, convention. I think with 70 odd days till the November election, it'll be interesting to see whether uh, Joe Biden's lead in the polls um, maintains, because if it does, it's looking like a landslide for the Democrats. Um, they might even win really Republican states like Texas and um, some, because of the Sun Belt, uh, that is the southern region of the United States, um, having more minority voters like Hispanics and, I mean, Latinos and um, African Americans who tend to break towards the Democrats. It looks like that it's going to look progressively harder for Republicans to uh, win the presidency. And considering that states that were previously Democratic strongholds, like the Rust Belt, um, are moving further and further away to the Democrats, the Sun Belt is the Democrats' future in uh, national politics. And going back to Australia, after Scott Morrison announced that he had signed a deal with the British uh, pharmaceutical company, AstraZeneca, meaning that Australia would have the rights to uh, produce... It's actually not an entire deal just yet. I think it's like a deal to make a deal. <laughs> but for Australia to get the rights to make any vaccine, um, the promising one from Oxford University, uh, it looks like a Australian company called CSL, which is the largest pharmaceutical manufacturer in Australia, would have the rights to manufacture any vaccine, I mean, that specific vaccine. Um, this had been pushed by Labor, considering that Labor was uh, getting to the place that, um, oh, we're at the back of the line and other countries are already making deals. I think they were referencing that the UK and the USA had already made massive deals for any potential vaccines from a, a number of companies. But that Australia managed to secure a deal to produce the vaccine was a huge boon for the Liberal Party and Scott Morrison. And also it's important that it gives the public something to look forward to and some hope that COVID won't be around forever. I mean, the WHO has said that a vaccine won't be a silver bullet, but it'll certainly help us control it. It's interesting because it's actually been six months since the Prime Minister declared it a coronavirus pandemic, which we've managed better than other countries, but after what's happened in Victoria, it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, another bit of news that hasn't been as reported was that the New South Wales government um, could be looking into lifting a ban on uranium mining after 34 years. Because what happened, interestingly, was that the One Nation Party, uh, led by Pauline Hanson, had put a forward a private member's bill in the state parliament um, that is calling to lift the ban on uranium mining and nuclear facilities, and it will be voted on in the uh, New South Wales Upper House on Monday. Interestingly, the Liberals, um, the coalition, the National Party, said that they would support the bill. Um, we don't know whether or not the Liberals will support it, and... Um, uh, Glassboro Jicklin was very evasive on it. I think she said something along the lines of, I'm not going to preempt what the cabinet is going to decide. But it's expected that the government might actually back the bill. And Australia, New South Wales' largest known uranium deposit is around the Dubbo region. And there's a couple in Broken Hill. And there's a number of concerns, um, the way radiation affects the human body and the way it could affect the environment. And, of course, with the Adani, mine, the Adani Carmichael mine, being approved in Queensland, it's interesting to see whether or not that will factor into the decision at all and whether we'll see a kind of stop uranium mining in New South Wales uh, type protest. And one last interesting bit of trade news, the Chinese government has announced another anti-dumping investigation that on, uh, I believe this time it was Australian wine after the previous ban, um, not ban, sorry, uh, anti-dumping uh, investigations on uh, Australian barley. And this is interesting because David Littleproud, our trade minister, has still been unable to contact the Chinese, his Chinese counterpart, which looks really bad politically that he's not able to get on the phone with the Chinese trade minister. And considering how economically dependent Australia has been on China, especially like up until the coronavirus pandemic, I think it was something like 34 or 38 years of uninterrupted growth, no recessions. 
Um, and that was largely off the back of China and their resources boom and them being the second largest and by some measures the largest economy in the world. And it's, since that Australia's been able to piggyback off that type of growth, it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not um, we'll be able to patch things up with China. But we have been at a crossroads with China for a while, um, considering that they have a one-party system and Australia is a democratic um, country, and that our social programs and social values are fundamentally at odds with Chinese um, values and the way they run their government. So Australia is in a bit of a rock and a hard place, whether we stick with the United States of America as a waning world power or whether we embrace China economically, but perhaps not socially and politically, which is definitely going to be a tough line to walk for any future Australian government. And I believe that's all I've got time for today. I didn't actually get any voice messages, which I was going to feature on the podcast. But if any of you do, please feel free to send me a voice message. Um, Do check out my Instagram. I actually have another Instagram that a number of you might follow. I think it's something like Drones with Alex or Photography with Alex. I'll try and put a link to that in the podcast. Um, It's just I do a bit of photography in my spare time, and it would be great if you guys would check that out as well. Trying to get that over 100 uh, followers. But keep listening to this podcast. I'm sorry that I've had a week off. It won't happen again. And... uh, um, Uh, thanks for listening again, guys, but make sure you stay safe, wear a mask, and keep looking in your feeds for this podcast coming to you weekly, covering Australian politics and US politics and world affairs. Have a good one.